Hi, I'm Reverend Carol Saunders, host of The Spiritual Forum. I'm here with a lot of interesting people who gather each week to be an inquiry and dialogue on living the spiritual life. We're all on the spiritual path, growing in our understanding of ourselves and others, and moving from being complainers to being empowered to simply being. We know that we can't change the world unless we change ourselves. Welcome to the Forum. Welcome everyone to the Spiritual Forum. So glad you're here. I want to remind you of a few things. Please tell your friends and family about this podcast because that's the way we're going to get it out in the world. And it's a voice of hope and awakening. And in this crazy, crazy world that we're living in, what, what more do we need other than some hope and some inspiration for awakening? And I love this work that I'm doing because I talk to the most interesting people and people who from all facets of life who've had so many different experiences of the divine in so many different ways, so many lenses of, of the divine God. And I just know that um, I'm inspired by every one of them. And I, and I hope that you are too. I want to remind you that I am co-organizing a retreat at Unity Village this year. It will be October 28th through 31st, and it is a whole planet spirituality retreat. And you can go to the spiritualform.org slash retreat to learn about that. Uh, you can also go to the website to donate um, because we do have expenses. And you can also go to the website to sign up for our newsletter and get on the communication train with the Spiritual Forum. So now let me introduce my guest today. Anissa Amison's awakening journey became the focus of her life in 2018 after a mystical experience silenced her incessant suicidal thoughts. She spent the last five years researching and exploring the nature of the presence that brought her such peace and love into her awareness, and she experimented with many tools and modalities to tap into that inner mystical reality. Out of her inquiry, Anissa founded the Meditation Lounge to help others cultivate their own capacity for healing and gain clarity and connection to their unique soul guidance. She's a gifted intuitive channel, energy healer, and a national board certified health and wellness coach. Anissa is with us today to share her story and bring hope and light to dark spaces. In a world where suicide and mental illness is on the rise and continually stigmatized, she believes it is crucial to begin to talk about it and bring the darkness into the light. And I completely agree. And that's why I have Anissa on today. So welcome, Anissa Amison. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm glad you're here too. Um, so like, like I do with all of my guests, I would love to hear about this story. You emailed me with your story and I was instantly captivated. It was like, mm. this is so interesting. I've I've not heard this story before. Everybody has a unique story and yours is really unique. And um, I just feel the divine God showed up for you in a really, really unique way. So um, you can go back as far as you want in your life. Sure. <laughs> tell us what you have to tell us. Yeah, I guess um, my kind of uh, battle is not really a word that I don't know what the right word is. Like, I don't necessarily say battle with depression. Mm -hmm. um, I just think it was literally a state of mind for me. And it started when I was quite young. Um, like a lot of people, I have a tremendous amount of trauma in my childhood. And so there were just a lot of anxiety, a lot of um, uh, fear, terror, things like that. And so I think that that predisposed me to having some of these depressive tendencies. Um, 
they kind of waned throughout my life. I would have some periods that were very dark and other periods that were quite normal. Um, and in 20, and some of those would be suicidal. There were times um, I did, I don't even know if I would call it an attempt. Um, I did take a bottle of Tylenol when I was probably in the eighth grade and then, you know, immediately following went and threw it up. Um, so some of those kind of, you'll, it will be better if you're not here. Mm-hmm. Messages are something that have been a companion of mine periodically throughout my life. In 2018, for no particular reason, those thoughts were incessant. They were like locusts in my mind. It was something that didn't seem to be linked to any particular trigger. I wasn't in, I, you know, had a stressful moments, but it wasn't as if there was some overarching thing that was causing me to feel suicidal. And these were daily. It would be for no reason. I would just be doing nothing. And these urges, these urges for suicide um, would kind of come over me and wash over me. And the messages were like a, a, a loop, a tape on loop daily, uh, you know, um, with ideas of how you could do it or things would be better if you weren't here or things like that. But at the same time, the one thing that was different is I could recognize that this was a thought that I was having. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel there was a space between the thoughts that were occurring and myself kind of witnessing the thoughts. So I wasn't attached to them in a way where I felt depressed. Interesting. Yeah, super interesting. So that was something that was completely different from maybe more in my teenage years where I really was in a dark space and really wanting to take myself out of my daily experience. This was not like that. What became the horrible part of it is that I couldn't get them to stop. You know, I was separate from them, but they were so loud. They were drowning out uh, normal living because they were so loud. and incessant. And I was really getting to my wits end in just the noise. Uh, It it would be like being um, in the middle of a traffic jam or with sirens blaring. It was that loud in my head, constant, kill yourself, kill yourself, kill yourself. Wow. Um, And there was one particular morning where um, I was a fitness instructor and I was on the way to teach a a class uh, and they were so loud as normal. Um, I started to kind of break down while I was driving. And there was uh, a moment where I was coming towards the underpass and there was uh, kind of the concrete partitions that come out. And I had this moment where I thought, these thoughts, I'm. this is going to be in my head all the time. It's never going to stop. I'm never going to have any peace. I'm never going to have any peace. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to drive into that. I'm just going to drive into that. And, and then I won't have to listen to it anymore. And I pulled over into a supermarket parking lot and uh, stopped my car and literally started screaming at, I guess, God, um, you know, please, you've, I don't want to do this. I I really don't want to kill myself, but I don't know what else to do because it won't stop. And I was, you know, hysterical. I was crying. I was 
uh, screaming. I was just like my insides were turning out, just begging, begging for the noise to stop. And, and really also at the same time, a little bit of threatening bargaining. Like if you don't help me make this stop, I'm going to do it type Mm. of thing. And I guess that probably went on for, I don't know, a few minutes enough to where, you know, I had things running out my nose and down onto my body. And then all of a sudden, everything stopped. There was an absolute quiet. And it was quiet in a way where there was no thought. Nothing nothing was coming in. And I was elevated in this space of a huge expansion. I I don't say that it was an out-of-body experience. I've had one of those in my lifetime, and it was not that. I was in my body, but I was also at the same time in the presence of something that was pure peace and pure love. And I didn't hear, it wasn't like it said anything to me, the, um, the sensations of the presence is what spoke to me. And I sat there, uh, needless to say, I didn't show up to teach my class that day, but <laughs> I sat there in the car just feeling illuminated and feeling um, enraptured. I was cradled in this presence that was, you know, I don't know if you have children, but I have five children. And when my first child was born, that sense of love and uh, absolute surrender to this little person, it was a thousand times greater than that. Wow. It was resting in this absolute uh, okayness. And following that experience, I would say I was probably maybe about a day and a half still kind of a little bit milking that kind of um, mystical uh, sensation. Um, And then after that, life kind of went back to life. But without those thoughts, I've never had that thought again since that day. It has never come into my experience. um, Just never. Wow. Okay. Let's pause for just a minute because I've Mm -hmm. got a bunch of questions. Sure. Things I want to talk about. First, I'm fascinated by your analogy of the locusts. Mm-hmm. I think that's really, really interesting because it actually makes me wonder if the biblical locusts weren't actually physical locusts, but like thoughts that were that were just people were obsessing over, uh, or or something that was entering their mind. I I think that was really interesting. The buzzing and the constancy and the you can't get them off. And there's so many of them. It's a really yes. a really interesting analogy. It kind of made me wonder about that. And they're a destroyer. And they're a destroyer. Yes. Yep. Right. 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 Really good analogy. I I'm interested in. Okay, there's a few things I'm going to talk about. The nature of the the voices or the or the the, the thoughts the um the the way that you were able to see them as separate from you um and then i want to talk about the actual ex- experience of the mystical experience um but but first what what do you think i'm i'm thinking that you know in more ancient days people would say that's the devil you know that's satan you know whispering into you or or telling you or talking to you and i know people today who would say that these are fourth dimensional beings who are present with us in our reality, but they're they're latching on to trauma points. You said you had trauma as a child, mm-hmm. and they're able to latch on to these trauma points 
and, and you know, kind of disconnect our soul from our bodies. So I know those are two different schools of thoughts because I, I doubt these are just thoughts that you were actually making up because you had absolutely no control over them. But I'm really interested in what your thoughts are. Hmm. You know, that's interesting. That's not, it's when you say that, it makes me think that, yes, probably it was something like that because they were very different. These, this particular time was very distinctive from what I experienced like during my teenage years, that very much felt like more of something that was a part of me, right? Yeah, like I was depressed. Angst or, I was, yeah. Yes. And just other, um, the dysfunction in my family of origin, some of the things that were occurring in my home were, were completely linked to the way that I was feeling and the, the um, desire to die. This was different. This felt like other, mm-hmm. like another entity. And yet, yes, it really did. And I also, I have a, um, a very good friend who in 2014 did commit suicide. Um, and then I think I may have shared with you in my email, which was part of the reason with email is that her son that we are the week prior, I had found out that he had also committed suicide and I sometimes wonder, especially with her, if it wasn't the same kind of thing, if Mm -hmm. there wasn't literally like something whispering to her, Mm -hmm. because it was very out of character, even though she had some of the same kind of traumas that I did, she wasn't in that space at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, I, I have not really considered that until you just posed it to me that way, although I certainly could see that um and even Eckhart Tolle kind of speaks about the pain body. I don't know right. if you're familiar with I this am. work. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of general mm-hmm. idea. Yes. And he speaks about even there being the possibility of entities and things like that that can uh gravitate to kind of that lower vibration yeah. and attach. Um because this felt so different and it also felt separate. And to me that was really grace. The fact that I did not take it as myself, I really feel was a grace from God that I could see that there was a separation between what was telling me and who I was. Yes, that that is that is grace. That's so interesting. And I know mm-hmm. like meditation in meditation, mm-hmm. people think, well, you know, I can't meditate because I can't get rid of my thoughts. It's not about getting rid of your thoughts. It's about right. being able to separate yourself from your thoughts so right. that you can observe your thoughts and recognize that you are not your thoughts. Uh, and, and even recognize even recognizes a mental activity. So just be with that. Mm-hmm. So the the idea or the fact that you could stand apart from it and be able to see it as not yourself. Were you did you ever engage with the 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 thoughts or the voices or I mean were they actual voices or I mean I oh yes. I, okay. But right. it didn't it didn't sound like a different voice than my own. Okay. I get right? it. Right. It was other, but yes, they were thoughts. And, yeah. But I wouldn't have said it was me listening to it wasn't as if a voice was talking to me. Right. Um it also doesn't sound anything like when I'm channeling. That's when I'm doing psychic work, okay, nothing like what that voice was. This okay. one was very much chatter in my own, um, like something on repeat within okay. my kind of brain. 
Right. So, right. It's like a, a, a tape that's going mm-hmm. over and over and over again. It's a torture mm-hmm. chamber. <laughs> so, yes. And I'm, I'm asking you these questions, you know, not to, I, I'm asking you these questions because I think that other people may have these experiences. And if, mm-hmm. if you're able to articulate what it was for you, somebody else may go, you know what, that sounds so familiar. That doesn't mean it would be that way for everybody, but right. I think it's always helpful to really dig into you know, your experience and share it. Even if you think you're the only person in the world who had it, you may be the only person in the world who had this experience. You may be one of millions of people Mm -hmm. who've, who've had this and just sharing your story will, I think, help flush that out for people. Um, So definitely. And I also think too, that even at the time when I was a teenager, having those experiences that if there would have been someone that I had heard that, you know, you're not your thoughts, Right. That these are just thoughts that you're having. And even the narrative around my circumstance, my living circumstance at the time was just that a narrative. And I think that, you know, yes, there were real things that were happening. But if I would have known that me experiencing thoughts is a normal thing, and that even some of the thoughts, the suicidal thoughts, even as a teenager, had I known that I'm not my thinking patterns, that I per, that I am something separate from that, maybe that would create enough of a gap that someone could reach out for help. You know, right. instead of I feel this way, it could be I'm having these thoughts that are worrying me. Right. And even that could create some distance. I need to get some help with my thinking. Right, right. And even these thoughts are having me. It's almost like they're kind of latching on to mm-hmm. you. Um, Mm -hmm. also, so yeah, we are separate from our thought. We're separate from our thoughts and that's why we have so much power. I mean, we, we can create with our thoughts. We can change our thoughts. We're just so used to keeping the same thoughts, right? (laughs) We're so used to keeping the same habits and patterns and everything. It's like over and over and over again, because, and then we think that's us, but we can change anything. We can change every habit, everything. We can change the way we think, uh, we can change the way we live. Uh, we can create. So this is a really extreme example of that. So what yep. you, you got to a place though, you got to this place where you're kind of, you, you said, well, you said you want to drive into it. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Drive into yep. it. And that's yep. such an interesting metaphor also, because, because, you know, there are people who drive into walls uh, in their mm-hmm. suicide attempt, but you're going, you were driving into the pain of it or the, the angst of it. Is that correct? I, I definitely reached a point where for me, it was like a precipice. Uh I was literally standing. Oh gosh. I know what this feeling is like. Yeah. On an edge where I, where I was almost going to let it take me where I was to the place where if it didn't stop, I wasn't going to be able to hear the difference between it and myself anymore. Okay. That's interesting. That's interesting that you could realize that. That's why I pulled over and right if I could have been on my knees in my car, which I wasn't, but if I could have been, that's literally what I was. I felt like it was my last ditch attempt to not succumb to the voice. Okay. Okay. And then you, you, you yelled into it or you yelled at God or mm-hmm. did you, did you, um, so forgive me if I missed it. Cause I'm listening to so much when you're speaking, but did you, did you ask for it to be taken away or did you just say, what the heck God, you know? Oh no, I asked. Okay. I was super specific, like, please, please, please make it stop. I just kept saying that over and over again, make it stop, 
please make it stop. Please, please, please make it stop. I can't take it anymore. Okay. So you had hit a bottom and you made a request. It's like, you know, ask and it will be given. And, and this is important. This is why I wanted to flesh this out too, because we live in misery a lot of the time. We live in our suffering and we don't think to ask. We don't think to ask, help me get out of this. Mm-hmm. And even in unity, I'm a unity minister. I'm also an interfaith minister, but we do a lot of affirmative prayer where we're affirming our truth. Sometimes, so you just got to go, you know, throw up your arms and say, Holy Spirit, help me, you know. Yeah. And, and I found with myself that I'm not in that place in my life, but there are times where my thoughts, I, I, my, my attention is too attached to the outer world. Either mm-hmm. stuff is going on that I'm worried about or concerned about, or I'm just thinking a lot, or I've got a lot, a lot of activity. And I know that that is not the holy space where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And so there are times in my own life where I, I recognize that I am too attached to stuff that's out there. And my mind may be racing or on some sort of a loop like yours was, not as extreme, but I ask, you know, I say, Holy Spirit, I ask the Holy Spirit, please wipe my mind clean. And mm. what's so interesting is it gets wiped clean. I mean, it wiped clean. And so this is a smaller example of that ask, but I, I, I'm hoping everybody who's listening can really get that this is the thing to do when we are overtaken by thoughts and particularly the, the dark thoughts that you were. Yeah. And I think too, like even, you know, even if you're asking God or you're asking Holy Spirit that you can also ask people because you never know who's going to be that Christ presence in your life. Right? For sure. Yeah. And especially if you're someone who's struggling with suicidal thinking, and I know that there's so much stigma, right? I know that there's shame that comes with that, especially if your life seems to be okay. And you can't, ex- there's no, ex- there's no reason, no explanation for those kinds of thoughts. There's a lot of shame in that, like yeah. going to someone and saying, you know what, I'm really having some suicidal thoughts here and I need some help. That takes a tremendous amount of courage. So whether you're screaming in your car, losing it to God, or you need to reach out to someone and just trust, find someone that you trust to be able to ask ask for the help because you don't know where it's going to come from. Yeah. And well, God shows up in people too, for oh, sure. For sure. Yeah. And, and I, I kind of, I get what you're saying though, because especially if your life is from all exterior appearances, looks like things are going okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not where everybody who is suicidal is, but I, I, a lot of people are. And, and the response I would think that a lot of people would have is, oh, come on. Look at all the good you've, look, what do you think? What you're, nah, there's no way. Look, you've got a wife and a boat and a job, or, you know, whatever. What's right with it? You know, I, I think this, there would definitely be an intolerance or an, an inability to see, inability to see why somebody would be having those thoughts when, when everything <laughs> looks like a great life. Right. Yes, definitely. So, yeah, and so, in so, my case, yeah, in my case, I didn't even want to kill myself. Like there, I was not right. feeling that at the time. It was just this noise telling me to do it. Yeah. So almost like, almost like the noise was, the noise is miserable enough that, you know, to mm-hmm. get rid of it, <laughs> you kind of want yes. to do what it says to do. Yes. Um, 
But I, I want to go back to this idea of people showing up because I do think it's also important for us and everybody who's listening to, to take note of how we can be the Christ light for other people anytime they're in any kind of trouble, any kind of time they're in any, any problem situation they may have. Um, and then particularly if they're having some you know, suicidal thoughts and to not, not minimize it and not, not try to detract from it. Cause I think what happens is a lot of people just can't be with that themselves, you know, like for sure. I can't, I can't be with that. So, you know, you've got to stop having that thought because I can't deal with it. And, and, you know, how can we be this space, this container for other people so that when they, so, so first of all, that we are a person that they would want to come to. And then second of all, if they come to us, we can be a container for their their world, their what they want to share. And I don't know if people would know what to say though, or what to do if someone came to them that was suicidal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would think at I least think just for, listening. Yeah, I think for me that if if at that point, if I had gone to someone or at any time, I think what I would have wanted to hear was, wow, that must be really hard. And why don't we make a call together? You know, why don't we let's let's look into some resources together because you know this is something that I know that we can get you some help with. And having someone offer to walk me through the next steps because you know me as a person, I'm not equipped to be that. I don't. I'm not a professional. That's not within my scope of practice, even as a health coach, right? To deal mm-hmm. with anything like that. But I would have think that anyone who is asking is telling you that they're having these types of thoughts, that that might be something helpful. Let's, let's find some resources together. Mm-hmm. Let me come, let me walk with you to get you that, the, the resources that you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's helpful because I do know that people who have friends or family that, that commit suicide, you know, they're left with all this guilt of what, what could they have done? And even then they may not have been able to do anything, but that at least Mm -hmm. gives some people some things to, you know, an approach to take. All right. So let's go back to your car Mm -hmm. (laughs) and your experience of the the mystery that, Mm -hmm. that um, I, I think it's, I think it's interesting that you compare it to that, that giving birth and that because, because that's a mystical experience. So it was so much vaster than that. So Mm -hmm. it, it almost sounds like it's a, you know, the parting of the seas kind of experience like Moses had in, in Exodus. It's like, like it was so supernatural and something mm-hmm. just astonishing. Um, so what, what, what was that? <laughs> yeah. Um, to me, the experience that I was having is what Christ says when, when the disciples ask him, you know, where, you know, he says the kingdom of heaven is within you. It's not there. It's not here. It's not, you know, wherever it's within you. And it's not just within me. It's within all of us. Right. I was having a moment where I was experiencing that. I was having a visceral felt experience of the kingdom of heaven within. Wow. Yeah. And, um, and what was so wonderful is that's what set my trajectory. Uh, just the exact right books landed in my lap shortly following that experience. Just the exact right and everything for me to be able to study a little bit more of mysticism and understand understand here and here what my experience had been. 
And the reason why I founded the meditation lounge is because that's what I call that space within me. I'm not talking about a space out here. The meditation lounge is not out here. Mm -hmm. It's in here. That is my space. And I'm blessed enough and have enough grace that I really do have access to it anytime that I want. Not maybe on the complete silent level like I did that way, but I can access it anytime that I want. And then I help other people sense into that same space within themselves. Okay, great. So let's talk about then what happened next. You're... Mm-hmm. your um your path to to founding the meditation mm-hmm. lounge and yeah. what you're doing for people there so following that experience um the book the surrender experiment by michael a singer i don't know if you've read that book i have not uh, and the untethered soul <laughs> oh i love that um, one <laughs> okay so okay so he wrote both um, okay. the surrender the re- surrender experience the surrender experiment is his the how he surrendered literally his whole life beyond the thinking mind, right? So here, right when I was like, I don't know what all this thought was. What was that that just happened? Oh my gosh, how do I keep that? Where did that go? What was that? You know, all of these things that are coming through. And then I find this book that is all about you are not your thoughts. Oh. And is that the first time you heard it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Oh, and I had done meditation throughout my life. It was very much, well, not throughout my life since my 20s. It was very much uh, more of a systematic um, approach rather than this kind of mystical sit with whatever approach type thing. Um, so that was that was one book and um, huge aha moments with that. Um, I also found um, Sounds True, which is a publishing house. And um, I started taking numerous uh, courses, online courses and things through Sounds True. Again, learning more. Um, I started reading um, Teresa Avila and um, the, uh, the, oh my gosh, why am I having like a moment where the name is the castle, (laughs) the interior castle. Okay. Um, Some of the Mary Magdalene. Uh, gospels as well, some of the other, the Gospel of Thomas and some other uh, non canonical gospels um, that are very much more kind of that esoteric. Mm-hmm. And I started to understand, uh, I started to have an understanding of our true nature and that what I was experiencing was my true nature. And I felt really weird. I felt like I was a really weird person then um, because I was so uh, almost obsessive about it. Like I couldn't read enough books. I couldn't uh, study enough. I couldn't, um, it was literally the the singular focus of my life pretty much. Um, And I started to find community of other kind of weird girls like myself. Um, Weird people who are being their true self. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or just, you know, would maybe in the inquiry. Yeah, weren't, didn't look at me cross eyed if I wanted to talk about what mysticism was, or I wanted yeah. to, to talk about some of the books that I was reading or yeah. some of my experiences. And so I found some like minded people who uh, helped me to feel safe to talk about it and to listen to their experiences. And through that shared storytelling, really finding common ground. And I thought, you know, um, with my health coach uh, certification, uh, mindfulness had been part of that. 
that was part of the program that I took at Emory University. Um, and I thought, you know, I think I want to do more of this. You know, I'd always been um, psychic since a very little girl. And um, I always had been uh, very open to energy and things like that. So I thought, you know, there's got to be something to this. There's there, obviously the place that I sat in that's within my body is not these this meat sack. You know, it's it's not my bones and my skin and all this. So what is that, right? What is the nature of our true self? Where is that housed within this physical form? What is my spirit? What, you know, what is the greater spirit? How do these all, how are they all connected? How can I be connected to you? How can I be connected to uh, God? How is this all wrapped into one? And how can I help? And Big service. Yes. And so through that, it was actually in the pandemic at my work, um, which is regular old corporate America. Um, I thought, you know what, maybe it would be a neat idea if I could just offer 15 minute mindfulness sessions once a week through Zoom and whoever in the organization wants to join. You know, I told the powers that be that, you know, I'm a board certified health coach. I have some experience in this. Uh, you know, I'm not just someone that not that you can't just be someone. I just want to say that the, the letters behind my name just make other people feel comfortable. Does it I, especially corporate America? <laughs> yeah, 100. Well, they let me do it. Yeah. And, um, and that was kind of me dipping my toe into this space of being, um, a vessel for helping others to feel that sense of peace that I felt that day and to become embodied in their greater Soma. Um, and once I kind of started that engine going, it, it kind of picked up some speed. So I, quickly veered away from the corporate arena so that I could get more into the energy healing and some of the other things that I, that light me up. Um, I happen to love the archetypal images and, and tarot and Oracle cards and things like that as a tool. Um, so I kind of veered that way a little bit um, and started my online community, the meditation lounge. And, um, and it's been lovely. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you a couple of questions. Did you leave corporate America? Oh no, I'm sitting here right now in my office. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Nope, not at all. You're, you're yeah. still in corporate America, but you, you, 100%. you started, you took your, so you started dipping your toe in this other area. And, and as you started going in that direction, all sorts of things started coming yes. for you. So that must've validated yes. that this is a path that, 100%. Yeah, that you're being inspired to do. And I'm completely outed here. Everyone here knows that I do energy healing. I'm, I, I am my full self at work. I just don't do things here that would not be part of their value system because that's not fair, right? Yeah. I don't, I, I can't on behalf of that, but I have plenty of people that will come by my desk and be like, can you just do that thing that you do for just a couple of minutes? Will you, can I have some Reiki for just a couple of minutes? I'm yeah. like, sure, let's just go sit in there and, you know, I'll put my hand on their back and they'll, you know, drop into their body a little bit more. They'll start to feel their feet a little bit more. Their breath will kind of deepen a little bit more. And they'll walk away feeling better. Uh, hopefully, corporate corporate America will catch on and have people like you on staff specifically mm -hmm. for that reason, you know, to 
Because I think I think some corporations have you know coaches or whatnot on staff, mm-hmm. um, and maybe that's just something I see on TV. But yeah, but I mean, wouldn't that be great? I remember mm-hmm. I I, lived, I was in corporate America for about twenty years, long time ago, and the best that we could do that or they could do is is allow these massage therapies to come therapists mm-hmm. to come in and do cha- chair massages mm-hmm. over Wonderful. our lunch hour if we wanted to. So I would, once a week I would do that for thirty minutes, and it was amazing. But to mm-hmm. have an energy healer on staff would be really amazing. Yeah. But why not? Because because everyone's gonna be more productive. Everyone's gonna be yeah. happier. You know. Yeah. I love that they accept you, and I love that you can. I, I particularly love that you don't have to put your yourself mm-hmm. away uh, yeah. when you come to corporate America. Like you know, take right. and then leave corporate America and put on your your I'm me suit and to, you know, or put Correct. on a corporate suit and all that, because I think a lot of people do do that. A lot of people yep. do feel like they can't be their true selves at work. They have to pretend they have to put on their persona. We all have a persona, mm-hmm. but they put on their work persona. And there's every time we do that, there's a little bit of death. And I think of our soul or, yes. or detachment or something happens in our souls and, and mm-hmm. our souls are are um, like being betrayed in some way because we're here to be us. We're not here to be someone else. So Correct. the fact that you can be an energy healer and a psychic and mm-hmm. you know ev- everything else that you are, and still be my regular do my corporate job too. But yeah, it's it's wonderful. Yeah, that is. It's, it's- like when uh, Gary Zukav says in the Seat of the Soul that when the personality comes to serve the soul, that's authentic empowerment. And I really feel like, you know, at, at my day job, right. I can still show up in authentic empowerment and it's quite lovely. Wow. And what kind of work is it? <laughs> I'm an executive assistant. I, I support two C-level. Okay. And a, a, um, is a corporation yeah. like manufacturing services, computing? No, we're, um, we're in the food. Oh, okay. Um, okay. We own, we are, we're like a restaurant group. Okay. Okay. Great. Yeah. I'm just yeah. curious. It, it doesn't yeah. matter, but it yeah. is, it is interesting. So, oh yes. And I tell my boss all the time that, I, that how much I value that I'm allowed to be my whole self at work and that I, I am so grateful that, uh, that even if my views are not his views or anybody else's views that I'm respected and, and honored as my, as my, uh, my autonomous self. And it's very much appreciated. And I know how fortunate I am. Well, I mean, it's just a natural way that every everything should be. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be the exception. The right. we, we ought to be able to have completely different views, completely different experiences, worldviews, religions, uh, ideas on family, spiritual experiences, and still be able to be ourselves. Right. And and wouldn't that be great if that became yes. a value of corporations that we're yeah. a place where everybody's accepted. We don't care about your politics. We don't care about your religion. Right. We don't care about, you know, we just care about you right. being you. Right. Yep. Amazing. So, um, and I don't know if that's true for everyone across the board in the organization. I just know for sure for me, it's been my experience and it's been wonderful. Well, so. it also, it, it's also, I think to, to your credit, because I, I think, like I said before, I think so many people don't think that it's safe to be themselves at mm-hmm. work. So they don't mm-hmm. even want to try. And so mm-hmm. they they really put on the work suit. They really put on the image because right. they they don't have the courage because it does take courage. It takes courage in our world to be our to let our soul shine, you know, to to be our own selves. 100% and I also think that whatever touched me that day, right? Whatever touched me that day that then uh 
as long as I kept showing up to honor it, like it stayed open. Not that I'm open all the time and not that I don't get triggered and not that I don't have moments where I'm probably a real pain in the, in the patootie or whatever, <laughs> but like we all are. But because I've nurtured that space, that becomes what sits at my cube. Okay. And so when that becomes what's riding up in the elevator, the non-physical self, when that becomes what's having conversation, I now have these high-level executives that will ask me my opinion on something that mm-hmm. will say, you know, I'm having this conversation later and I would really just like to know, you know, what do you think of that? What would you do in that circumstance? And that's not because, trust me, that's not because I'm an admin. They're not coming to me because right. I'm an admin. Right. They're coming to me because there's something else there. Right. And that something else is not just in me. It's in everyone. It's just that in me, it's wide open. Right. And they can see it in you. Yes. And, and they can sense it. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's why it's so important for us all to to be who we are in the world because it inspires others to see what's possible. It, mm-hmm. it inspires others to see, oh, I, you know, I want some of that. <laughs> and you know, the answer is yes. you have it all. <laughs> There's right. nothing you need to do. It's like just, you know, be. But it sounds like it, the the meditation lounge mm-hmm. helps people yes. to become or to access or to, to be themselves. So do you want to talk a little bit about what you do there? Sure. Sure. So um, that space is very much um, kind of somatic meditation. So it helps people to, um, while I'm offering the kind of healing transmission meditations, that's part of that, um, that community. I offer these weekly um, uh, recordings. It is, uh, helping others to access that point within them. So I'm just providing a reflection of what's already there. I'm just providing a uh, portal into that direct experience within themselves. Um, one of the ladies that's in um, the community that happens to be happens to have cancer, and when she her first meditation, um, this one was curated just for her. And I was uh, going into, it sounds so weird, but I'm just going to be, this is what it is. It's Do weird, it. yeah. whatever. Uh, I'm going into her etheric body mm-hmm. and I'm describing, I'm walking her through, you know, uh, be in that deep belly space. And then now, okay, you may sense, you may sense, I invite you to sense this perception, right? And I'll give very um, direct uh, sensational cues. And she sent me an email afterwards and she said, oh my gosh, the second you had the light hit the crown of my head. And then there was the swirl that when she said everything that you were talking about, I was feeling in my body as you were saying it, these things were happening. Or sometimes I'll start talking about where something is and someone will say, how did you know that that's where I was feeling? And I said, I don't know how I know. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to know how I know because that's the beauty of mysticism Mm -hmm. is the, is the cloud of unknowing. That's another ancient kind of, it's a book, the cloud of unknowing. (laughs) It is. Yes. I don't want to know. I don't want to conceptualize this. I just know that when Michael Singer talks about that, the nature of our soul is bliss, joy, beauty, love. 
that that is the full expression. And the reason why we don't experience it is because of all of the garbage experiences that we've kind of piled in there and held on to. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, we're kids, we don't do it on purpose, but whatever. And he says that, you know, when there's a stream and there's rapids in the stream, that's because there's all these rocks that are underneath that's causing the rapids. And he says that if you want it to be calm, all you have to do is take the rocks out. Mm-hmm. You don't have to look at them, talk about them, describe them, dig them up. You don't have Figure to do where anything. they come from. <laughs> you don't have to do any of that. Yeah. You just have to remove them. So when I'm doing my healing transmissions, what we're doing is just removing the blocks. We're just removing the rocks. And they they they're, you know, wherever they are in the body, and we shift, and then all of a sudden they just kind of bubble up, just like carbonation, and they leave the body. And then when you're done, you feel a little bit better. And so whether we're working with imagery like a dove, sometimes sometimes images will come in that we'll work with. Um, sometimes um, this past week following um, uh, Friday's decision, <laughs> um, when I was doing this week's, I was so worried. I didn't know what I, what, what I was going to record because I felt so off. I didn't know where I was. And all of a sudden, love just came in. Mm-hmm. There was this beautiful rose quartz crystal. And it just came in and I thought, yes, of course. Why would it not be love? Of Mm -hmm. course it's love. And so that's what the meditation lounge is. It's a space where we do this, these weekly meditation healings. There's also a library. Uh, It's a membership community. There's also a library of regular meditations, which are also super useful. Um, There are uh, card spreads that go with the healing so that people can go deeper into the archetypal things behind maybe some of what's coming through for them. Because sometimes it is helpful to have some understanding, um, but I don't think that's the end all be all. We just want to take the rocks out so that we can experience our true self. I really do. I, I really do like that idea because I think people think they do need to pull the rocks up and look at them and examine them and figure out where they came from and how long has this rock been here? What, what did I do to make it be here? And, and, and it, all of that doesn't matter to spirit. So is your meditation lounge, is mm-hmm. it, is it virtual? Is it something that, uh-huh. okay, that so virtual. I don't have to I be... wish it was a brick and mortar <laughs> someday maybe, but you know, it's a, it's a virtual space. I have okay. a, um, a platform, a, a membership platform. Yep. Okay. And, and do people meet together in a group and meditate or is it a, you're on we your do. own path? Yeah, every week they get a recording, but once a month we come together live very via Zoom and do a live uh, kind of a workshop with the healing and other things as well, um, as well as a live where I'll pull a card for everyone in the group one at a time and I'll psychically channel something individual for them at that moment. Okay. And yeah. can, can you tell me a little bit, you said you were, you had psychic experiences mm-hmm. when you were a child. Mm-hmm. And so what, yeah. what was that? What, what was that? And what did you do with it? Oh gosh. You think about it. Um, I used to tell my mom all the time when people were calling before the phone would ring and she would, you know, I would, you know, that kind of thing. So I would have precognition type things like that. I didn't think anything of it. I didn't know everybody didn't do that. Um, I used to hear like crazy stuff. Like uh, even when I'd be a teenager, I would hear like silly things. Like I can remember one particular day I, I heard someone singing, do you know the Muffet man? And I'm like, that's so weird. And then somebody walked by going, do you know the Muffet? I'm like, well, that's just silly. (laughs) Right. So it's gotten to be where it's less silly and more useful 
Uh-huh. Um, um, but it's tremendously fun for me. Uh, it's uh, when I'm it, playing in that space, uh, it, it's very um, expanding for me. So it feels really good physically to me when I'm doing that type of work. Um, and it, uh, the way that it's definitely not fortune telling, um, this feels much more like I kind of giggle. It's almost like with the health coaching thing, it's almost like cosmic coaching where there's always an element of your, your deeper wisdom is speaking to you about how you could either look at a situation or a relationship or a thought process and specifically some actions that you could take that will help you, uh, bring your best self to whatever that is rather than just, am I going to get X, Y, Z? I I have no interest in that. And I probably won't get that response for you because I don't care about that. I want you to be, yeah. And and that's helpful. I, I, I've, I had a, a, my youngest daughter has visited psychic mediums before Mm. and I get so frustrated with it. It's like, you know, this medium told me I'm not going to meet my soulmate and I'm not going to have children. It's like, what? I mean, oh, please. I know, I know exactly. It's like, this is not helpful. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, then she also wanted $500 to clear out something. So that, she- of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. So anyway, mm-hmm. I've, I've run, always, yeah. tell her run. I've got a psychic <laughs> message for you. Run the other way. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that's why it's, I, I, I love the work you're doing because it's really about actualizing the self. You know, it's not yeah. about a person being separate and telling you what to do or not to do or what direction to go. No. And why would, it's never that because it's right. really not me. I'm reflecting you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the highest sense oh, or a higher sense. I don't want to say highest sense because highest sense is even beyond that. So don't ever want anyone to think that I am showing you your soul because that's not true. Your soul doesn't care about any of that, right? That's even behind that. This is kind of how can you get your personality to move more in line with that? That would be this. Okay. Right. I I wouldn't want to ever someone to, I'm not a guru. I'm not, I don't claim to be that. I don't want to be that. I want to be a guide for you to be able to show up in a way that feels rewarding and purposeful that could be in line with spirit, your spiritual perspective or goals or whatever that may be. And for you to then determine based on whatever information you've gotten from me, how that sits with you in your soul. That's up to you. Right. Not me. Right. Right. Do you, do you have a sense that, that where you are now Mm -hmm. is like, like where you're supposed to be, like you are fulfilling your, your mission Mm. on, on the planet now and that everything that you went through with the crazy suicide mm-hmm. incessant thoughts was all a part of your journey. So, I think that my purpose is whatever is right in front of me. And if that is being patient in traffic, then that's my purpose. If that's being blessed enough to sit with you in community and have this wonderful conversation, then that's my purpose. If it's to send an email and schedule a meeting for my boss. That's my purpose. Whatever is put in front of me and how I choose to respond to it is my purpose. Because sometimes it's the simplest of things. Like when I'm bored, how dare I be bored? Like I need to correct that. 
because I've been given this life, right? And I could have at that moment in that car before that, I could have stepped out of this life, right? I've been given this life. And it's to me, it's so much more those small moments and keeping yourself straight in line and aligned. It's those moments that are the defining moments, not the big ones. The big ones are easy. It's the little ones keeping yourself like when I catch myself being bored and mm-hmm. I have to redirect myself, say, how can I serve you? Mm-hmm. I'm feeling bored right now. That's not right. How can I serve you? The chop wood, carry water. Yes. Yeah. I, I really, really like that that interpretation of purpose because I think so many of us are, it's, it's an ego trap. The mm-hmm. ego traps us into, well, you know, we need to be doing something big and amazing. And if we're not doing something big and amazing, then somehow we're off track. And then just God show me, what is the big, amazing thing I'm supposed to do? What is the big, amazing thing I'm supposed to do? Just show me the big and amazing thing I'm supposed to do. And the answer is right there in front of you is to be fully alive in this moment. And sometimes it's the thing that's most nagging you. Guess what? That's what God is telling you to do. Go fold the laundry, Mm. right? Or clean out your drawers, clean out your closet. Do if, you know, the little nagging thing, exercise three times a week, right? Take care of your physical, take care of your temple, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. All of those things, sometimes it's the nagging thing that you're like, God's talking to you. (laughs) That's, that's not my purpose. Right. (laughs) Well, yeah. Why don't we master the small things? And then maybe someday you'll get a big thing. Right. But you're not even, you're not even willing to humble yourself with, with your creator in terms like, like I, and I'm talking to myself, I'm not saying you, right. You are not willing to humble yourself with this. And you want me to give you something grand, right? Humble yourself. Yeah. That's beautiful. And it is a trap that the ego, it's a (laughs) trap that keeps us in our heads and keeps us judging ourselves and keeps us feeling in shame and keeps us suffering. And it's mm-hmm. all nonsense. It's also silliness. So, and I agree with you. We are given this life. It's like, wow, wow, <laughs> wow. You know, mm-hmm. and I, and I, I'm kind of coming full circle to the per- person who is wanting to end their life. And, and, and I'm, I'm seeing that that's not the thing to say to them. You know, like you're given this life. Right. Wow. That's not the thing to say to them, but on the other side of it, it is the realization Yes. That, wow, this is an amazing ride. Even all of it, you know, the pain, the suffering, the tragedy, the trauma, the joy, the the laughter, the creativity, all of it. And I think when you get to a place where you, not that everyone has to have a mystical experience, but for me, when I had that moment of that mystical experience and I opened up to life really not being what I thought life was, right? There's this whole other energetic system going on that then that really opens you up to okay not those thoughts so then now what do i want to think what do i want to create how can i participate with what's showing up as my purpose mm. how can i meet it in a way that leaves it better how can i shape it how can i um then it's really fun when you're walking and, and i walk past 
bushes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, wow, are those flowers talking to me? I can feel their resonance, right? And I say to God, oh, that's an awesome mystical experience. Thank you. But if I was busy thinking about, okay, what's the great grand thing that I'm going to do? Oh my gosh, I would have missed that beautiful gift that God gave me in the flowers speaking to me energetically. I'd have missed it. Right, right. So right, beautiful. Oh gosh, this has really been an interesting conversation. I love, I love your your story. And I just think your experience is so interesting. And I do think it's important to bring light to these dark moments. And and there's a lot of darkness. There is a mm-hmm. lot of darkness on the planet that we could let just kind of like overpower us. And I don't really believe the darkness has power, but the light has power mm-hmm. and we are the light to bring light to the darkness. So it is important to have these conversations about these times in our lives that are, you know, may seem tragic and, mm-hmm. and, and the end of it all is that there's hope. Um, so I do want to give you the last word, anything else you want to share, anything else you want that may be a part of your message that you may not have shared today, anything I might've yeah. missed. I think if I was to leave people with kind of one last thought, it would be that the divine delights in you mm-hmm. and that we really are God's hands and we really are God's voice and we really are God in motion. And that when we will humble ourselves to recognize that, that we really can sense and experience viscerally how much the divine delights in us and share that with others. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yes. Thank you so much. And mm-hmm. I want to get all of your information and links so that I can put that when this podcast sure. comes out so that people can know about the meditation lounge and the work that you're doing. Awesome. And yeah. And thank you so much for so generously sharing your experience and just what you've done with it is so fascinating. And thank you. I, I just know that that this conversation is going out into the world at the airways and, and those who have ears to hear will hear. And yes. And those who blessed. have eyes to see yes, <laughs> that too. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Anissa. And I now right. close the spiritual forum. Thank you for listening. If you want to learn more about us, check out the spiritual The spiritual forum is affiliated with unity worldwide ministries. We're a nonprofit corporation and depend solely on donations from people like you. If you find that you're benefiting from your listening, we encourage you to donate on our website, thespiritualforum.org. Our music is by Matt Nelson. Sound engineering is by Mark Jaschelski. <laughs>